Let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun on this Friday morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. There's my music. That You love it, right? Come on. Oh, yeah, you love I do. it. I do. <laughs> I look forward to it every Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to add it to my playlist. <laughs> and God knows we need cheering up, Simi. Oh, boy. Do we ever, Vaughn. And I was just seeing the notes on this, so I get we're getting more information on what happened to Katrina Conroy. Yes. So when we talked about this yesterday, the attack on Katrina Conroy, uh, she was walking home from the legislature on Tuesday night. We we said we didn't seem to have much detail on it. And now we know why, because it turns out uh, her injuries weren't life threatening, but she suffered a concussion and she's having trouble remembering when and where and what exactly happened to her. So Victoria police are asking for assistance from the public. Anybody who witnessed the attack, uh, the police believe there was an intervention by a good Samaritan. They're asking that person to come forward. But, you know, they're they're struggling to come up with details of what happened, too. It was between 8 and 8.30 p.m., Tuesday evening, Conroy, the uh, NDP caucus, had had their Christmas party, and the minister was walking home to her accommodation in Victoria. They have it narrowed it down to that time frame, but they don't know much more than that. So this is a more serious attack. I mean, it was serious enough that a cabinet minister was attacked. Um, a woman was attacked in the neighborhood of the legislature, but now it's it's serious enough that uh, she had a concussion and is having trouble remembering what happened to her. So has there been a lot of chatter about this, would you say, at the legislature? Yeah, yeah there is. You know, I, as I said to you yesterday, the, the, the legislature is kind of its own little neighborhood. I mean, regular Victorians live there too, but because most politicians who represent places away from the capital don't live here, they commute, Many of them have places where they stay overnight. They may have a condo. They may have accommodation that they rent with other MLAs. Or they may just stay in local hotels. As a result, especially when the House is in session, uh, politicians and their staff walk to work and walk back home afterward. And with cabinet ministers, I mean, the cabinet is here a lot even when the House isn't sitting. Cabinet ministers do the same. And they work long hours. And as a result, they're they're vulnerable in a neighborhood that is, sad to report, increasingly sketchy. Uh, the police say they don't have, they're not guessing about the reason for the attack and the circumstances may have been random. They're not ruling out the possibility that the minister was targeted. I mean, to Conroy, it, that doesn't matter at the moment. But yes, it's a, it's a major topic of discussion around the legislature and... You know, going forward, depending on what turns up, we may end up seeing some different security arrangements. The The legislature itself is very well guarded, uh, security cams, permanent round-the-clock staff for all kinds of reasons. But, you know, once you're out of sight of the buildings, uh, you're on your own. So... Is there any indication about if anybody's come forward? Are there any witnesses? I know they're still asking, right? Police have the the file open, and they're pleading with anybody who may have witnessed something. I think that's why they put the detail out yesterday of when it happened in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, they said between 8 and 8.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night, there are people out and about in the neighborhood, so there's a chance somebody witnessed something. Uh, but no, I mean, they're they're at a loss, partly because, as I say, the minister herself, 
for understandable reasons, is having trouble remembering detail. Mm, that is disturbing, right? That Oh, the concussion. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another story. We, t- we spoke about this earlier in the week. What is the update with this letter that Nathan Cullen sent to the RCMP? Yeah, so the cabinet minister, Nathan Cullen, uh, wrote to the RCMP last week, last Friday, to the commissioner of the RCMP, saying he had seen a disturbing video of police arresting two of his constituents in the over this uh, standoff over the coastal gas link pipeline in northern British Columbia. So this was a protest that was in Collins' riding. His riding is in that region. So Collins says, point blank, uh, RCMP used undue force in making those arrests. And he asked the commissioner of the RCMP to investigate. So Brenda Lucky has written back to Nathan Cullen saying uh, two things. Uh, First of all, she can't comment on the specific details of the arrest because that matter is under investigation. But she did say that in general, police are enforcing a court injunction in the region. And when enforcing court injunctions, sometimes it is necessary force must be used to resolve the conflict and police use as much force as necessary. So that's the commissioner's letter back to Colin. Colin says, uh, posted on social media yesterday, he will share the letter with First Nations leaders in the area and, quote, discuss our next steps together. Now, I'll remind you, uh, Simi, that the official line of the New Democrats is that Nathan Cullen, although he is a cabinet minister, is not acting as a cabinet minister here. He is acting as an MLA on behalf of his constituents. I continue to think that cabinet ministers are always members of cabinet, and to some degree, they're speaking for the government when they take on the RCMP on a matter like this. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. Oh, we also have to get an update on what we heard about the Coquihalla, where it seems like est- estimates keep moving up every time I hear from Rob Fleming. Yeah, I mean, that was an interesting briefing from the Highways Minister yesterday. And, I mean, we've seen the videos of what happened to the Coquihalla. It's wrecked, it looks like it, five bridges out and 20 locations where the highway's broken. Uh, but uh, Fleming says the crews working round the clock have already advanced the work to the point where they now think, weather permitting, that the highway will be back in service on a limited basis in early January. And the limited basis being it will become the route for supply train truck traffic to and from Metro Vancouver. The Hope Princeton, if that happens, the Hope Princeton will then be put back into service as a highway for everybody else. So fairly optimistic update. The other thing that jumped out at me, Simi, I don't know this, is that the Highways Ministry is already moving on the permanent replacements, the fix, redesign, uh, upgrading of the three broken highways. So Highway 1... Highway 8, which is the one that's just about disappeared between Merritt and Spence's Bridge, and the Coquihalla. They are already, they called for expressions, uh, they call it request for qualifications. It basically means construction and design companies come forward, tell us you can do this work, that you're qualified to do it. The that call closes today. Wow. So they are already lining up companies to rebuild, redesign these highways. 
and the call says they intend to start awarding contracts in January. Mm. They're moving very fast on this. I'm not saying they don't need to, but it's a reminder that, uh, you know, for all the things one might say critically about our highways ministry, uh, they are certainly on the ball on this. Yes, they are. In fact, uh, we spoke to that Road Builders Association president earlier this week, and I believe he referred to Rob Fleming as his new bestie. Yeah, no, it's true. It's funny, you know, about you think about cabinet ministers, right? In the past, some of BC's legendary transportation ministers have been ministers who had a lot of highways in their riding. Fleming is a member for, you know, a Victoria constituency. He's got a little tiny piece of Highway 17 on the edge of his riding and a little tiny bit of the Trans-Canada. And, you know, the joke around here was that the first briefing in the highways ministry from the staff had to be, they put a big map up on the wall and they got him to memorize the numbers of all, <laughs> of all the real highways that are out there that he has to deal with. But again, I've been listening to his briefings. Yep. He's doing a pretty good job oh, of being yes. on top of the ball. I think he really, really is. And it's impressive with how quickly they're moving. Plus the fact that they're looking to go to the next level when they rebuild these highways. Yeah, right? No, to, I, I think that's yeah. true. Nuts. It's going to cost a lot of money, though. There's no estimate on what that's going to be. But I think the answer on that one is it's going to be billions and get ready for it. Well, it's got to be done. Well, thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Sin. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun.